Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies. I hope you are enjoying your day. Get something warm to drink. I don't know, crank up that treadmill, sit down in your cozy spot, and let's get into it. Welcome to Faithfully Feminine Podcast, when we talk about all things womanhood, faith, and even more. It's your favorite girl, Imani Bailey, and I'm back with another episode. If you, okay, updates. If I sound very nasally, it's because I'm actually very under the weather. So if you can, please pray for me. I'm not really feeling too well. It, I was like, I have to record an episode because I missed the last week. We had a bye week due to me traveling. And I know I got a couple of comments like, why didn't we get an episode, sis? Y'all didn't get an episode because I was traveling. And this week, I didn't want to be like, y'all not getting an episode because I'm sick. So Without further ado, I do apologize about the voice, but here I am. I am alive. By his stripes, I am healed. And we're going to keep on trucking along. This episode is titled, You Are Right Where You Need to Be or Where You're Meant to Be. Haven't decided yet. By the time this episode is uploaded, child, you'll see. Um, And really, when I wrote this episode and... Really, the past couple of weeks in my life, I posted a YouTube video talking about your season of isolation. Although I didn't do a audio on that, go ahead and check out that video. Shameless plug. <laughs> but I, I think I've just gotten into the groove now that it's my sixth month. I think it's my sixth month living here in D.C. I'm just now getting used to actually being in a place that I wasn't born and raised in. And I think I'm starting to like it. I'm not going to lie. I don't absolutely hate it. I love my apartment. So, you know, when you really love your space and you're able to decorate your space, it just makes you feel kind of at peace in a way, although the world is so hectic and we might go through so much. But I also took almost a month off of work because mentally I was overextending myself and not only that I just was in a really really dark place mentally with having to deal with um, workplace trials and tribulations harassment discrimination racism and it, it it just it's even exhausting talking about it and with that, with that being said, child, please share the podcast, okay? We got we to gotta get everybody listening to the podcast. Like, share this with all your friends because your girl is tired. Like, I don't even know what else to do. And I've been shouting from the mountaintops. I've been praising and worshiping. And I know we talked about in the other episode, not necessarily praising and worship for what God can do for me, but what he has already done. And even listening to this episode, I'm pretty sure right now you are in a space or have something right now that you have previously prayed for, right? It's like, I'm currently living in an area of my life that I really prayed for. And in a sense, although I am walking through the valley and although I'm kind of going through something, doesn't mean that God hasn't provided the things that I've asked for or the things that he feels like I should need. And with that, I am in my season of isolation, but 
I wanted to talk about how there are going to be different seasons in our lives, and not all of these seasons are comfortable. And, and I also, I think that seasons are almost like books, and there's chapters within a book, right? So my book right now is Isolation. And I might be on chapter 10 of isolation to where it's like, okay, within the isolation, I'm just now starting to become comfortable in the isolation without feeling lonely. I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. And although I'm still in the same season, I'm now gravitating, gravitating towards a different feeling, right? Because emotions are temporary and how I feel right now is not how I'm going to feel forever. But that doesn't negate the fact that I'm still in the same season, child. I think I just reached chapter 10 and now I'm like, okay, <laughs> we're here. It took me 10 chapters to even realize that's what it was. <laughs> so we're going to turn to, well, I'm going to turn and I'll just read it out to you, child. We're going to turn to First Peter 5 and I'm going to read 6 through 11. I know it's a lot, but just bear with me. My bad, y'all. Um, it reads, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, while himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Y'all, when I said that when God had led me to this verse, well, to these verses for today's episode, right? I felt just peace. Like whenever I hear from God, I feel at peace. Although it's not sometimes what I want to hear. You know how your parents used to tell you something like, I don't want to hear this. (laughs) But knowing who it is coming from, because I know who God's character is, I inevitably leave with a feeling of peace. And so there's so much to impact, like, so much to unpack here and what I just read. And I have three seasons. Well, I kind of got two and a half seasons uh, written down, child. (laughs) One is going to be the season of isolation. One is our harvest slash preparation season. And one is our ball out season. Now, I didn't know a better like adjective to use for ball out, but you know what I mean? Like bling, bling, bling. Beast is mad. Like Nene Nene Leek said. (laughs) Right. And I think within all three of these seasons, there are going to be, like I said, chapters. Within chapters, we still have each paragraph, right? And with all three of these chapters, there are going to be tests, there's going to be temptation, and there's going to be triumph. And even though, and you might be like, triumph, Imani girl, I only hear triumph when I think of our ball out season, right? But there's still triumph in the isolation season. There's still triumph in harvesting and preparation season. All three of these seasons that we're going to talk about have all three of these, these teased, test, temptation, triumph. 
And in every season and in every day, there will be some type of worry, some type of question, some type of anxiety, because let's face it, we're human and that's, that's literally just how it is sometimes. But going back to what I just read, because I read a lot, and to begin, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. In due time. Not every day. Not just next month. Not just in one season, but in due time. And then following that, telling us to cast all of our anxiety on him because he cares for you, to cast all of our worries, all of the questions we may have. I know I've talked about, I don't know which episode it was, right? How I was beefing with God, right? And I literally wrote an angry letter to God. And to my surprise, I was not like shocked by lightning. I am still alive to tell the tale, but I wrote a very strongly worded letter to God. And I want to say the letter was two pages long, Um, my old hard drive is shot, so I couldn't even find the letter, which I'm so upset about, but the letter was two pages long, and it had so many questions in it as to why did certain things happen the way they did, or why did I meet this person, why didn't I meet this person, why is this person like this, and within every question that I've asked in that strongly worded letter, and all of them were answered. In due time, all of them were answered. Exactly what this verse is saying is exactly how, like, I'm, I'm testifying my own testimony in due time. All of my questions were answered. They were not answered all at once, but they were answered. And it kind of reminds me of like growing up, you know, you are so curious as a child, but as a child, you're not able to learn or to hear about everything that, that you want to listen to or that you want to understand, that you want knowledge on because you are a child. It's, it's that old saying, like, stay in a child's place right? You don't get to sit at a grown-up table. You still at the kiddie table. And in due time, you will learn the questions or the answers to the questions that you had. But who is to decide when you will learn that? And this analogy is your parents. But the same thing can be said for God. In due time, when I feel like Imani is ready to understand why she had to go through X, Y, and Z, or why X, Y, and Z happened, is when I will let her know. Is when she will reap the benefits of the preparation, of when she will understand why she had to go through a season of isolation away from her friends and family in a totally different state or district in in my case. (laughs) But it's happening in due time. And while that is happening, I'm casting all my anxiety on God because he cares for me. At the time, the way I casted my anxiety was through anger, but still anger is still an emotion. And I feel like sometimes we may write that off that, okay, someone's just really angry, but anger is a a form of emotion that always kind of supersedes another emotion, which is hurt, which is, I feel like I've trusted you and you let me down, which is disappointment. Um, anger is usually like, I feel like a very blanket emotion. And so the next verse, we're going to go down to verse eight, where it says, be alert and of sober mind. We're going to stop right there. Be alert. So I look at the definition of alert. I know we all know what alert means. I keep trying to like pause so I can blow my nose. I'm not breathing in and out of this mic, but 
Y'all, I'm going to just have to breathe in and out of this mic because my, my nose is so stuffed. <laughs> my nose is so stuffed. But you have to be alert. And the definition of alert, one of the definitions, is the state of being watchful for possible danger. Do you know every definition of alert mentions the word danger? Every definition like whether we use it as a verb, noun, adjective, every definition that I looked up uses the word danger when describing the word alert. And in order to be alert, you have to, again, the state of being watchful for possible danger. And in this way, I mean, we know that there's danger because there is an enemy out there that is what going to or trying to still kill and destroy. We know that there's enemy of our, our soul's child, enemy who hates us, so it's not necessarily that there is going to possibly be danger. <laughs> there is going to be danger. It's not, it's not, oh, possibly, maybe. No, there is. And so to that, you got to be alert. You got to be watchful if we just interject that. You got to be watchful and you have to have a sober mind. What does it mean to have a sober mind? Not only in a physical sense of not knowing how to cope with everyday's everyday's pressures with being sober. We're going to stop there. There's there's two ways. There's two things we got to unpack here because I have friends and I love them dearly, but I have loved my friends differently, right? As we grow, our relationships may look different and our friendships have seasons. And I just was listening to another podcast called To My Sisters Podcast. Love them. They're like my British girls, my British sisters that they don't even know. They don't know me, but I love them. And they talked about in the episode how friendships have seasons. And I 100% agree. Friendships have seasons. And I'm not necessarily not my friends' friends anymore, but throughout a certain season, I've realized that I have to hang around people who are more sober-minded in a physical way as well as a spiritual way because there is an issue to unpack if you cannot go through life or you cannot go through a week or you cannot go through a day. You can't go through a work shift without altering your brain chemistry to be under the influence of very much something, <laughs> as Carisha would say, very much something. I don't care if it's alcohol. I don't care if it's weed. I don't care if it's opium. I don't care if it's oxycotton child. Yeah. By the way, y'all need to watch Painkiller. Crazy. Very much something. And I know we may have this, oh, but the world said this is legal. But this is from the ground. If you cannot go through life stressors with being sober-minded, how do you expect to be alert? How are you going to be watchful if you are high out of your mind? How? I live in D.C. now, and it's, it amazes me how people walk around like zombies, and they're not, they're not alert at all. They think it's kick, 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 they, they, they laughing. This is the best time for the enemy to strike. You have to understand that every day is a battle. We might not see it, but every day around us, there is a battle going on and you have to be watchful. So that in a physical sense and that in a spiritual sense of being watchful is meaning that you have to be in your word. If a day goes by and you're not in your word, 
You are not being alert and you are not being watchful because you're not getting that constant reminder. Just like, you know, when you study for something, you have to, it's like repetition. You have to constantly remind yourself that there is a battle that is going on. And although the battle is not yours, it's not mine, child, it's the Lord's. But there still is a battle. And although it's not our battle, we are going to go through things as if it is. But it's not. Things are going to affect us as if it is. I feel like we're just kind of like sheep getting caught in the crossfire of spiritual battles that go on. That's literally what we are. And so, yes, that's what it means to be of sober mind. And then it also goes on to say, your enemy, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Out of all analogies, I feel like it is very interesting for this translation or for all the translations to use a roaring lion pouncing like an enemy to devour. Because when you think of lions, lions kind of study their prey. They study their prey. They lock in. They get to it. There's no getting distracted. And and it's crazy because when you watch Animal Planet, like their preys be so distracted. The lion's prey be so distracted, y'all. Please tell me y'all ever seen Animal Planet. You be like, the the gazelle is about to die. And the gazelle is just living its best life, not even noticing that the enemy has locked in. The enemy has never been distracted. And devour. Like someone, like like a lion to devour. Like, just think of that. I used to be an Animal Planet girly. So if you haven't watched Animal Planet, just, if you were to just YouTube a lion eating a, a gazelle, <laughs> that's what I want you to think about <laughs> when you out here frolicking around in buffoonery and not being watchful. Because the enemy is always watchful. And then it goes on to say, resist him. Standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. We are all going through the same kind of sufferings. Newsflash. And when people say, oh, I don't believe in God because what about babies that die? What about bad things that happen? What about bad things are bound to happen? We all go through sufferings. And although my sufferings may not be the same as your sufferings, I'm pretty sure there's somebody on this earth that damn near has almost the same sufferings I do. They don't live my exact life, but it's nothing really new under the sun when you think about it. We're all going through the same thing. And there's kind of comfort in that because depending on what season you may be in, if you're in the season of isolation, you may feel like, I'm really alone in this. We're all going through the same thing. We're all going through a season of isolation at some point. We're all going through a season of preparation at some point. We all going through the ball out season at some point. And within every season, there's going to be test, temptation, and triumph. Let's get into these three seasons. And I do want to note that there are way more than three seasons But for the sake of this episode, we are talking about three seasons. First one is isolation season. And I have a whole YouTube video on this and how to tell if you're in a season of isolation. But a short synopsis is basically separation of some type of familiarity. There's some words in the English language that I just, I don't know. I don't know, y'all. Anyway, separation of familiarity. 
the growing need to so basically when you're in a season of isolation and it doesn't necessarily have to be something as big as like moving away out of state or out of country it could really just mean going to school it could really mean being in a different city it could really mean being in a new space being in a new job like it's just a separation from what is familiar to you your familiar life your familiar friends your familiar everyday places that you might hang out with places that you frequently visit and the need for a season of isolation really is to the growing need to deepen your understanding or to deepen your connection or your relationship with God. And sometimes God has to take us out of our spaces to put us in new ones. But not only that, for us to just really, I like to say, check ourselves before we wreck ourselves, honestly and truly. But also to recultivate, repurpose our mind, body, and spirit. And so with that, after the season of isolation, which can take only God knows how long. There is a season of harvest and preparation. So in this season, this is your like gathering season. When you think of harvest, right, you're gathering before the crops, before um, the crop season. And so you're preparing for what is to come. And I like to think of this season as like the Creed, y'all know Rocky and Creed movies. There's always that training scene before the fight scene. And honestly, I think it's everyone's favorite scene of the movie. We all get so hyped for the running up the stairs, the fist in the air, the music. We see him one step, one round at a time, right? One step, one minute, one round at a time. And with that, literally, one day, one week, one month at a time. And we see the type of, okay, he started out a little slow. He started out maybe a little out of weight, you know, overweight or he started off the first movie not even having the ability or even well he kind of had the will but he didn't really have the ability he didn't have the proper training he didn't have the proper technique and so we see him in this montage getting into this flow and it's like dang he gets it and then it's the run up the stairs da, 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 da. <laughs> That's what I like to think. Season of preparation. I really could have called this season of creed. (laughs) But anyway, that is your preparation for what's to come, what the purpose is that God has for you. And I would like to think in between the season of isolation and harvest that you kind of gain more understanding of what your overall purpose is. And there are certain seasons for things, right? Within these seasons... With your purpose, your overall purpose is to do X, Y, and Z. You might have certain seasons where you have to do other things in order to get there and be in the purpose that God has for you. I like to think I had to be a waitress for, I don't know, all throughout probably my later high school years and college to understand how to deal with people. Like that was my purpose in that season was to really understand how to deal with people under pressure and having to multitask. And with being a server, I have applied all of those skills that I've learned for those years into what I'm currently doing now. How do I deal with people? How do I talk to people to where they understand what I'm saying? And how do I make them feel special when they're celebrating a night that they might have saved up for? Maybe they didn't save up for it, but 
How do I make them feel special and leave a lasting impression? And so with that harvesting, with the isolation season comes your purpose. And then with the harvesting is the preparation for what is to come for that purpose. So what action item you may have that God is giving you. And after that, we have our ball out season, which is basically the season where you reap the benefits, right? Creed gets into that fight and he reaps the benefits of winning. He knows how it feels to, to have won, but the winning, the belt that he got feels way much sweeter and it's so much better to him because of what it meant, what it truly means. Because at the end of the day, a wrestling belt is just a belt. A couple thousand followers on Instagram, they're really just followers. But behind the scenes where it's me researching, me reading my Bible, me connecting with other women, there is something that goes into that preparation to where I see that number and it means so much more to me. It might not mean that much to somebody looking out who has, I don't know, 300, 400K. And they're looking at my numbers like, oh, okay, well, I remember when I was there, right? It might not mean that much to them. But they're not doing what I'm doing. They don't have the background that I got. They wasn't the girl that was crying that didn't understand. They wasn't the girl that was beefing with God. They wasn't the girl. You get what I'm saying? So when your ball out season comes, you get to reap the benefits from your isolation, from your preparation and your harvest. And you, it's like this. Yeah, triumph. That's literally what it is. It's triumph. And then it just kind of starts all over again. <laughs> I'm playing. <laughs> I don't think isolation starts all over again. But I feel like we, we are definitely always in some type of push and pull of gathering, preparing, and then reaping the benefits of our harvest of bearing or bearing our fruit, right, that we've sowed into. But with all three of those, our last segment, test versus temptation. Dun, dun, dun. The part we all hate. I don't think I really know anyone that likes being tested. I don't know. I'm pretty sure there is some queen listening to this that probably likes being tested. But anyway, (laughs) two claps for you, girl. Well, two snaps. Two snaps for you. In school, we had to be tested, right? It's like you learn your stuff, you have a little quiz or two or five, and then boom, you have a test. And if you're really in college, child, you only got like two, three tests, and you fail one of them suckers. You just, you just SOL. You fail the whole class. You try again next time. <laughs> you pay your money and you do it again, right? But testing is really a gauge of making sure that we understand the material, basically. That's literally what a test is. And the same thing happens in life. God tests us because he wants to know, do we understand the material? Do we understand why you had to go through what you had to go through or why you are really preparing for this? Or are you just playing around? Like, are you truly ready for your next level? Are you truly ready for this business? Are you truly ready to be married? Let's go. (laughs) That might be a whole nother episode, Imani. Don't go off on a tangent. Sidebar. I wanted to be married at 23. We're going to, we're going to get into it. This just might be a long episode. I got to tell my business real quick. (laughs) Actually, no, I wanted to be married at like 22. I've always wanted to be married. I don't want to say very young, but I mean, I guess I could say young in today's age. I just aspire to be married. Like I aspire to be a wife. I aspire to be a housewife and I still do. And I recently was visiting my mom's friend who helped 
raised me and watched me as a child. And she said something that stuck out to me. And I think the old me probably would have been hurt and cried, although she didn't mean any harm by it. We were talking and she said, you know what? I thought you were going to be married by now. And (laughs) I couldn't help but say, you know what? Me too, girl. She said, because you always talked about marriage. I was the I was obsessed with weddings and with marriage growing up. And I will not let this generation make me still not obsessed with it because I lo- I think marriage is such a beautiful thing. But again, she hey, I thought she would be married by now. Me saying, "You know what? I thought I would too." God saying, "No, ma'am." It's like that t- are you truly ready to be married? Or are you still a little selfish? <laughs> are you truly ready for that business? Or do you continue to lean on the structure of a nine to five? Because it it's, it's a structure, right? When you have a business, that's 24 seven. Are you truly ready to own a home? Like, let's be honest. So you're going to get those, those godly tests in life and in each one of these seasons. But let's not get that confused with temptation from Satan or our flesh and or our flesh because we're human. Godly test versus Satan. So we're going to start off with Satan and his foolishness and we go in with the almighty alpha, the omega, okay? Satan likes to shame and makes you feel guilty and unworthy. See, when I was doing my financial fast and I got tempted by Satan and I folded too, like a lawn chair, straight folded, okay? $395 later folded. I felt shameful. I I had thoughts in my head like I wasn't even worthy of doing a financial fast. Like who did I think I was? It's literally thoughts in my head. Imani, who did you think you were to think that you could do something like this? That was when I knew that that was not God. Here I am thinking that God was testing me. All of the while, I was feeling shame. I was feeling beat down. I was feeling guilty. I was feeling unworthy. I felt crushed in spirit, literally crushed in spirit. I cried, and it wasn't, I'm a crier, so criers we know what type of cry we have. It wasn't like a release type of cry. I feel peace. It was a cry. I feel defeated. I feel hopeless. I feel helpless. I feel powerless. I feel stupid. That was the cry that I was crying. And so that is temptation from Satan. But test from God pushes you to do better through encouragement or conviction. I'm pretty sure we've all been convicted before. Like, well, that wasn't right. That's not really what I teach. Apologize to your mother, Imani. Apologize to your friend. It's not necessarily shame or it's not like rah-rah. It's not shame. It's not hurtful. It's you know that this is not me. You know that that is not a fruit of the spirit. You need to make it better. You need to apologize. You need to do better next time. Where did this reaction come from? Or a sense of encouragement, right? That is a godly test because it makes me want to do better. And although in my emotion, then and there it was like, I, I was like, oh, I want to do this. I realized 
a godly test for me was when I was going to put down to have liposuction. And my friend says, hey, I think we need to think about this spiritually. Do you think that this is a test? Just randomly. Now, what type of random conversation? <laughs> that is a test from God. She didn't shame me. She didn't. She just gave me a friendly reminder to think about things differently. And she even called it out exactly what it was. So I do want to also say that failing a test does not mean that God cannot use your failure to advance his kingdom, right? And I know we're running low on time, but I still have to talk about it because it's something that makes me smile. And even right now, I'm smiling like I know this young woman and I don't. But one thing I will say about social media is that I love that it brings us all together. I love that although I might not know someone personally and you might feel the same way with me, I feel a sort of connection with them, especially when it comes to influencers and people who share a lot about themselves online. So this is girl, I think her, her name is Morgan. And I don't know if you've seen her story. And of course, it's not my entire testimony to tell, but she basically almost died with having a c-section she had a boyfriend from Atlanta and he had six other kids that she didn't know about people are saying she did know about uh, whatever it don't really matter if she knew or not because men dodging their responsibilities are that's an issue within itself but whatever so she did not know about other homes other broken homes that he had created and she got pregnant and I can pretty sure know that that probably was not God's plan for her. Like, that's not God's. I don't think God plans for anyone to have a child out of wedlock. But needless to say, she went from showing that how her struggles of being alone, her struggles of almost dying with a C-section, her struggles of being, what, 22, 23, a single mother working to support her baby girl when you know, this man up and left her 30 days after she gave birth, said she wasn't cute anymore, and he moved in with one of his baby mamas, and she found out he had all these six kids, right? She went from sharing all of that to, like, joking about it. Yeah, I got my baby. Her name, her baby's name is Gigi. Super cute baby. Yeah, I got my baby, Gigi. She's from a random man in Atlanta, right? And all of a sudden, it blew up. I remember first coming across her page and just leaving comments of encouragement because I thought it was cute, witty, cheeky, like her baby is so beautiful and she's a beautiful woman as well. But her story really just stuck with me because I could only imagine, like I'm not a mom, but I'm a woman. I could only imagine, right, the feeling of that, the feeling of hopelessness, power, like probably feeling like that. And the spiritual world had posted her which is a, a very popular page on Instagram. She's blown up on Twitter. Within three weeks, y'all, she has went from 3,000 followers on Instagram to I think she has like, it's like 300K. Now she has 600K on TikTok. So when Spiritual World posted her, I had left a paragraph because I had went through some of the comments. It, I left a paragraph pretty early. I don't really like to comment too much on Instagram, okay? Heavy on that because I like to argue. <laughs> and I ain't finna argue with folks, Okay. But when I saw that they posted her and, of course, twisted her story and, of course, men are coming after her and women are coming after her. Why would you have a baby by him and all this stuff? I 
I typed up this paragraph that was like, hey, support her. She's funny. Like, she's handled this with grace. And she's witty. And she had ended up commenting back and was like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. This means a lot to me. Fast forward three weeks later, now she has, she's signed to an influencer agency. This girl has 600K. She's well enough able to support her child. Like, she, she's not like a, I'm struggling as a single mom anymore. And I've seen it almost overnight, right? But we weren't there with her in those moments when she almost passed from having a C-section, when this man left her and his responsibilities. And so that is a prime example, although that is not my life. It's just such a beautiful story. Like, if y'all could search her up, I'll have her social media linked in my description box. But if y'all can search her up and just, like, support her and any woman that you may come across that is sharing their testimony, because God will and can always turn something around. And you don't even have to believe in God to know that. But because I believe in God, and I know God when I see God, that's how I saw it. In three weeks when she hit that 600K, I was like, oh, yeah, that's God. (laughs) One thing God going to do is turn it around, okay? And so embrace that. Embrace the downs. Embrace each season that you are going to be in. Sometimes there's going to be tears. But just know that there's going to be tests, there's going to be temptation, and there's going to be triumph. And if and when you do fall, God can always turn it around. And with that, share this with the sister, y'all, because I'm having a hard time at work, child. Okay, I want to be full-time podcast, babe. (laughs) And I'll see y'all in the next episode.